Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. Your host, Mr. Jono Petrahilos, currently generates over a million dollars a year selling his online courses. And now he teaches you how to do the same. Along with listening to our podcast, make sure to join the Course Creator Community Facebook group. It's one of the largest and most engaged Facebook groups in the space. You'll find the link in the show notes. Anyway, let's get to today's show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I'm your host, Jono, and I am super excited because we have an absolute rock star on the line this week. Now, I know I say that about every guest every week, but this person actually is a rock star, and he's got the um, the statistics to, to back it up. I had him on this show uh, it was about a year ago or, or something like that. And what I do with my podcast is I, I go back on old guests, and I'm like, all right, who did I have on a year ago? Uh, if they were a bad guest, they get scrapped from the list and they're never on again. Uh, if they were a good guest, I, I go and hit them up and I'm like, hey, it's been a year. Let's go on again. So this guy was on a, a year ago. A little bit about this person. He runs a very successful online course business himself, Piano in 21 Days. So if you want to learn the piano, go and check him out and you'll have the best course there. Uh, on top of that, he also runs a very popular podcast, The Online Course Show. I recommend everybody listening to this podcast to go on there and check it out. Actually, I'll introduce him and then we'll speak a bit about the podcast. So without further ado, it's the one and only Mr. Jax Hopkins. Jax, how are you? What's up, Jono? Thanks for the intro, man. It's uh, always fun to do podcasts, whether I'm hosting it or, or it's it's a lot easier when I'm not the host because all, all the all the pressure is really on you as the <laughs> podcast host. Thanks, but it's, uh, it's a real treat to like be invited as, as a repeat guest because that means I didn't totally blow it the last time. So I appreciate yes. it. Good to talk to you. No, you're good. And, and um, expect a DM in about a year's time as well. Uh, and if you okay. don't get that, you, you probably blew up blew this one, you know? I'll, I'm going to set a Siri reminder after we get off. <laughs> um, now, let's spend a minute speaking about your podcast, Jax, because I think for anyone listening to this podcast, I think it's the best podcast in the world for online course creators at the stage where you know you start well, any stage really but for most people listening to this are, are starting up their online course they've maybe you know been in business six months maybe a year maybe a couple years i recommend jack's podcast over anything i use it as kind of like inspiration to my podcast i'm like man he's doing that that's such a good idea and i think he was actually the inspiration to start mine i was doing some research i'm like oh this guy's got a good one but what i like about Jax's podcast, and then I'll shut up and let him talk. But what I like about Jax's podcast is in terms of like the online business, online course space, there's some really big podcasts, which are awesome. You know, the, the Pat Flynn's, the Amy Porterfield's, I listen to them. I'm sure Jax listens to them as well. The one downfall with those is sometimes those people are so big. Like I saw one of Amy Porterfield's posts the other, the other week or the other month where she did like a $4 million month. And I'm like... Okay, it's great, but you know it might be pitched a little bit high for someone that's just starting off. Uh, on top of that, there's a lot of podcasts helping course creators, which are also good and really good content, but a lot of them are kind of like solo podcasts where it's just the host really trying to sell their um, program, which is fine. Nothing wrong with selling. You know, I like selling. I like money. Um, but it's it's them trying to sell their program, and a lot of their research is based on their their experience as an online course consultant not so much as something completely different like like Jacques does in 21 days. So anyway, I'll put the link in the, the show notes. Go and check that out. It's the online course show. Did you want to expand on on that at all, Jacques? Well, that was, I mean, those are very generous words about the podcast, Jono. Yeah, I mean, I, I started my podcast in 2017. So we're going on over five years now for the online course show. And I started it just because um, the the thought of a podcast like that really excited me. Mm. And, uh, I had no, like I had no monetization strategy, no long-term plans other than it sounded fun. And also it was, uh, I was hoping it'd be an outlet to meet other course creators all over the world. Yeah. And it certainly turned into that. And I think what you said about, you know, people like Amy Porterfield, I mean, she, I love Amy Porterfield. Like yeah. I follow her stuff, but how unrelatable is she? <laughs> like, she's like one of the top dogs in the industry, but also she's just like, always like, so perfect on 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 <laughs> camera like she doesn't have a single hair out of place it's like come on like there's you, you can't are you a robot like mm. and so i try to be just like you know nothing against the amy porterfields yeah, of the she's world amazing. yeah yes absolutely um but yeah we we keep we keep it a little more low-key and casual on on the, the online course show i think one of our most popular episodes people keep people keep 
bringing it up, even though it's about four months old now, we had a guy on about four months ago. His name is Spencer. And I know you have like just regular, um, uh, really down to earth people on your podcast as well. But we had this guy on Spencer who he only got into courses about a year ago and he teaches toddlers how to read or he empowers the parent of the toddler to, to get them reading at like two, three worst case, like four years old, like super young. And he's got a $200 course and he has just blown up and he's, he's making like 40 K a month selling a $200 course, teaching toddlers to read with one traffic source, Instagram like that. He's just mastered Instagram. He's got a killer funnel. He's got a killer course teaching toddlers to read like absolutely not in the money-making space and, and just his story and just like how bad he wanted it. And his motivation was uh, just really resonated with people. And that's, that's been an all-time favorite of listeners. And that's the type of story I love featuring on, mm. on my podcast. Yeah. hundred percent. Same over here as well. Well, Hey Jux, we didn't really have a, a plan for today. This was my hope uh, that we, that we talk about. So for the listeners, Jux was on about a year ago. I'll put the, the link in the show notes for the previous one. And he, sh- he shared his story basically from zero to about, I think he's doing about a million dollars a year. Last time we, we chatted about a year and a half ago. So if you want to hear that story about zero to a million, you know, that's great. Go and check that out. What I was hoping to do is, is chat to Jax today about what's been happening in, in the last couple of years. Like, you know, has the business grown? Has it plateaued? Has it slowed down? What was working two years ago that just doesn't work now? What's what's changed in that space? And also now Jax does some consulting and courses for um, course creators as well. So, you know, we can speak about that and balancing those two. So, I'm just going to hand it over to you, Jax, and, and start where you want to start. And yeah, let's let's start there. And I know also I'm going to give a. I'm also just going to mention to the listeners as well. Like, um, Jax mentioned Spencer was a good guest for his show. I'd say Jax is the perfect one for this show here. Like, he's really good at what he does in terms of his own course, and also teaches course creators as well. There's very few people in the world that do both. So tune in for this episode. But sorry, continue on, Jax. So yeah, last couple of years, what's been happening? Thanks, Jono. Yeah, um, I definitely want to focus more on Piano in Twenty One Days because, like we've talked about so far, like that's a much more relatable business model. This is a this is an online course business that I um, help people learn piano in a fast and fun way without cheap music, without the traditional way to learn piano. We've had over eight thousand students. We brought in over three million dollars, um, and that that's I mean, I started that in twenty thirteen. Um, you are right. We have done over, uh, you know, hundred thousand dollars months before. We're not there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are having our worst year since 2019. Yeah, there you which, go. like, that is that's not a bad thing because mm-hmm. COVID was insane for mm-hmm. our business and it was insane for a lot of online course businesses. And so we the the peak month like May of 2020. That's when that's when like COVID was around, right? 2020 yeah. is the year. I, I, don't, I lose track. <laughs> We, yeah. we brought in like 145K in one month and that's just wild. But what, what happened is just, you know, everybody's home and they're like, okay, what can I do with my time I- indoors at home? What have I always, and so many people have pianos sitting around. So it was, it was right niche, right time, but I also had the right funnel in place. I had the right traffic sources in place. My SEO was dialed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything just really came together, but it wasn't just me. A lot of hobby type niches, you know, a lot of, I mean, not to get off piano so quickly, but even there's a lot of people who just started online course businesses around that right. time. Cause they could do that from the comfort of their own, uh, own home. And so, uh, things have definitely come back down to earth and we're, we're bringing in like 30 to 40 K a month, which I mean, that's, I would say not bad, especially once mm. again, in a non-money making niche. Yeah. Um, but we've got, we've got, I mean, we have things so much more dialed in than, than a couple of years ago. We've really focused on like systems and automation. We have a really good team of, of six, uh, six people. Um, so I'm, I'm not super, I'm not involved in the day to day anymore. I'm, I'm, uh, I just kind of, I'm the CEO and, and I've got really awesome people on my team that help me, run it. Um, and we've, we've got, uh, yeah, like I said, systems automation, uh, we have, you know, SOPs in place, really just trying to get a really dialed in online course business that just runs like a machine. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's bringing in, you know, 10 K 30 K 140 K a month, uh, whatever the market tells us. And the market is just not near as high. Uh, and, and even our conversion rates of the exact same funnel are, are not as high because people, 
just aren't as interested today mm-hmm. in sitting home and learning his, his musical instrument as they were two years ago. And I think that's fair. Yeah, 100%. Now, I just want to take a minute and let everyone know if you're a course creator, you've already got a course and it's not quite selling, uh, or if you're still in the process of putting your course together at the course creator community, we actually have a VIP group coaching program. It's the best program of its kind and the most affordable as well. So if you'd like some extra help and guidance in either putting your course together or selling your online course, I recommend joining the course creator community VIP program. I'll put the links down in the show notes. Okay, well, let's dive into some of that. Like even the the twenty nine uh, the twenty twenty like that was the that was the peak time. Similar with my business as well. And I think yeah, yeah hit it. Up. I'll go even one deeper, Jax. So my my fitness education online business is helping fitness trainers, right? Whether it's business wise or be better trainers. One of my courses was how to start training clients online. Already had it. <laughs> right? Before COVID, already had it. We'd sell one or two of those a month, you know? Um, the month of COVID, we sold like 80 of them, right? Like an 80 times extra. And I think similar to what you said, you already had everything in place, right? And it's that old saying like, um, you can get lucky, but it's kind of like your preparation determines the luck. You know, it's like the reason you were so successful there, you did the preparation, then the opportunity came and it, it took off. So, okay, well, let's even go back to two years ago. How many, so you've got a team of six now, you're off the day-to-day. What was it two years ago? Was it you doing everything? Did you have a couple team members? What did it look like then? Yeah, I had a couple team members. So we several of our team members have been around for a while. Some, there's one or two that were part-time then that are more full-time now. Uh, so we had, we had our same exact video editor. That's a really important role to have in, in an online course business, mm-hmm. whether it's full-time or part-time, right? That's one of the misconceptions that I had when I was getting started is like, I can't hire somebody. Like I can't, you expect me to have a full-time person working for me. I don't have that much work. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had the same guy doing 10 hours a week of video editing for me for years now. Mm-hmm. And he's awesome. He's in Romania. And I mean, he's great. And so he, he was around, um, I had my, um, like Jack of all trades assistant. She's her tech, her title today is, is marketing quarter coordinator, but she does a lot of our, um, customer service, but then also a lot of our blog posts and social media posts and things like that. She was around then. Um, Same and I think that's 10 hours a week, full-time then she is, she's about 20 to 30 hours a week. And, uh, she doesn't like that. She's a, she's a, she's a mom of two young kids. Like that's all she wants. She doesn't have other clients or anything. And she's been with me for like six years now. Um, but then now we have a full-time student success manager. Mm. And that's one of the key roles that has allowed me to really step out of the business as much as I have is because I look at the different components of the business. We have the fulfillment side, which is like how we how we handle students once they're in the inside. And and we what we have is not just a passive course, John. I don't I don't know the way you run your courses, but like this one in particular, we do a weekly Q&A to answer piano questions. We allow them to email us anytime. Um we even throw in a couple of like one-on-one lessons as a bonus. Uh, and there's a community. And so that's a lot for for the business owner to run all of that, especially when you get a lot of volume of of new students. So I looked at all the components, you know, fulfillment, marketing, sales, uh, operations. And I'm like, man, I think this fulfillment piece is, is like the most important part. Like once people sign up, let's make sure they're, they're, they're successful. And so I put a person in charge of the whole thing and that's gone really well, um, to do that. And so we have a student success manager now full-time I've got a part-time graphic designer and then we've got a, we've got an operations, um, a full-time operations manager too. Gotcha. Tell me about that hiring experience, Jax. At what point? So it sounds like you sound, you had the video editor all along. You had mm-hmm. your um, your original assistant, kind of jack of all trades assistant, which sounds like it was a, a PA or a VA kind of thing. What was the the first hire after that? Let's take a quick break. 
When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Um, probably, probably the the student success manager. Um, and and look, we got we got really lucky with her because this is crazy. You're not going to get this very often. She was our babysitter. No, she was our babysitter. Listen to this. So she she starts babysitting for us. She was she was we we live in a town that's got a big university. So there's a lot of college kids. And so, you know, we put some feelers out there. We got connected with this, with this girl, uh, at the university, she started coming around. She was great with the kids. It was fun to be around. And, um, it turns out she was, she, you know, she would come and she would grab my guitar or piano and she would play with the kids while I, we were, you know, on date night and whatnot. And she's a very skilled musician. Like she doesn't, she doesn't go around gigging or anything. She just always loved music and always been extremely talented with music. Mm. So one summer, a few years ago, like I was like, Hey, do you want like an internship? She was in uh, kinesiology. Like you, ah, you, could, you could relate to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but it was just like, it was just something to, to, to do. Like she didn't love it. She loved music. And I was like, you know, piano in 20 days, you know, come, come intern for me, come check it out. And she loved it. She did a great job. And then she, she started doing just little part-time things here and there. Nothing, nothing too crazy, right? Just like virtual assistant type stuff. And then when she graduated college, I was like, hey, look, I've, I've got this vision for this role of student success manager. I think you'd be great for it. And uh, this, was, um, this was about a year ago now, a little over a year ago. Uh, and she was all for it. She, she loved the idea. Um, so she's got her, uh, you know, kinesiology degree, but she's, she's the student success manager for piano in 21 days. She does great. And she like, that's, that's her role is like, Hey, help make these people as successful as possible. So we do a weekly Q and a, I still do it once a month. So three out of four times she does the weekly Q and a, I do it once a month. She responds to all the, um, incoming support emails, uh, she does the one-on-one lessons when that happens. She's like, I've got her tasked with like, Hey, let's get as many like video testimonials as possible. Um, if you see that somebody has gotten, you know, two thirds of the way through the course and seem to have stalled, like proactively reach out to them, see what they're doing, see, see how we can help them, um, get through the whole program. So that's, how, that's how the babysitter turned into the, uh, to the full-time student success manager. Love it. I'll give um, my take on that. If someone's listening and they're like, so what's the strategy? Just hire a babysitter and hope that she does my course. What um, what I've found works really well in that kind of role there is if you've got like an all-star student. So everyone that, that I've hired in that kind of position has been someone that's been through the course and got like amazing results and loved it. I find that's a, for a lot of the listeners there, if you're at that kind of stage there, I find that's a really good person to hire there because they've done the course. They love the course. They've done the, they're, they're um, incorporated in your brand. They like the brand. They've skilled at what it is you do. So I think that's a, an option for the listeners there. Couple questions with that, Jack. So internship, was that a paid internship, free internship? Am I allowed to ask that internship? Uh, it was, it was paid. Yeah, it was okay. paid. I think I paid her the same rate that she, uh, that's, we paid her for babysitting, you know, yeah. she was already babysitting. So it's like, Hey, you want to do, you want to make the same amount of money, but become working on the piano business. We'll pay you the same. And look, if I could just really quickly add to what you just said about, uh, hiring from your audience, I 100% agree, Jono. Yeah. And that's, we, we had great success hiring our operations manager that way. Yeah. Cause we, we, we did hire an operations manager, through a more generic route shortly after the student success manager. Um, we went to like online business manager.com. Like we got a certified OBM and she yeah. was, she was okay. You know, she, she, she had, you know, there were pros and cons, but she didn't like, she wasn't, she didn't play piano. You know, she wasn't yeah. passionate about our core values and what we were trying to do. And, um, and, and, and that just didn't work out long-term. But when we went to rehire that position, we reached out to our student pool. Yeah, and we we have found, and he's been with us for like five or so months now, and and he's been a total rock star 
Um, but he like he gets it. He gets what yeah. we're trying to do because we the hired student, this. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he gets what the, the people in that situation want, you know? Yes, yes. It's a great oh, way to go. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, so internship. Yeah, I like that as well. That's how actually um how I do most of my hires as well, a paid internship. I learned that from, do you know Billy Jean? You, you know who he is, Josh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So sure. I was I was in um San Diego for I think uh, conference traffic and conversions or social media world, and he just made a post on his his Instagram, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm doing a, a paid internship. You know, if you're interested, just come to my office at eight a.m. tomorrow, and it was actually really fun. I, I just happened to be in San Diego for for a holiday. I was like, man, this guy's doing a paid internship. I just want to go there and you know meet people and hang out and whatever. And it was like it was really cool actually. I'll tell you, I'll see a couple of stories from it. So all he said was just come to my office at 8 a.m. That's it, right? And there were like um, a couple people that were late, not super late, like, you know, five, 10 minutes late or whatever. And he didn't let him in at the start. And then he was like, all right, guys, you know, I'm going to let you in now. You four people have to come up the front. He goes, one thing with me is like, you know, I'm big on time uh, and I'm big on accountability. So tell me the excuse why you're, why you're late. Uh, and if I like it, I'll let you stay. If not, see you later, buy you're out. <laughs> so went to like, um, you know, the first three people and they're like, you know, I couldn't find parking, you know, oh, you know, the bus was late or whatever. You know, he's like, bye, 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 bye. Got to the last guy. And the last guy was like, all right. So the reason I'm late is I'm, I'm from, I'm from New York. We're in California, right? He's like, I'm from New York. As soon as I saw that message, um, I quit my job and I booked a flight to California because I, I knew I wanted to to be here, um, and then I got in, you know, got in my Uber at you know New York, and um, the Uber driver didn't know the way to the airport, so because of that, you know, we missed the we missed the flight. Then I had to get the next flight, and that's why I'm you know you know thirty minutes late or whatever it is. Do you think he let him off, Jacks? Yes or no? I'm guessing he kept him around. No, he didn't, and here's the reason why. He's like, look, I get it, um, but the biggest value for my company is personal responsibility and accountability. When you told that story, you blamed the Uber driver. If you had told uh, that story a little bit differently and said, you know, look, I didn't know the way to the airport. I should have looked. I didn't. My mistake. I would have let you stay. But because you're blaming the Uber driver, you're out. So it was harsh, but I, I kind of agree with it. And I think that's a good message of like, whether, whether you agree with that or not, I think it's kind of irrelevant. I think what matters is where do your, what is your, what do your values sit on that? You know, like if there's people listening to that and they're like, yeah, for sure. I wouldn't let that person in great. You know, that's kind of the values of your business. It, on the flip side, if someone's like, man, I can't believe he did that. What an asshole. I would have definitely let that person stay. Totally cool as well. But then Billy Jean probably isn't the type of guy that would, you know, fit in that business there. So I think that's a, a good little story. Any thoughts on that? Well, that, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind from that story would be not something about hiring, but about running a successful online course business in general, because I, I was listening to uh, somebody I know a couple weeks ago who has a course business. He's doing like, he's, a, he's a, doing okay. He's got making like a thousand dollars a month, but he wants, he wants to be making 10, 20, 30 times that. Mm. And he's like, Jacques, I just don't understand. Like I'm, I, I've got the course, you know, I'm, I'm running the business and I see all these other, these other people are running successful course businesses and it just seems so easy, but it's just not working for me. And it's so frustrating that it's not working for me. And what he did, like, he, he's not taking responsibility for the fact that he hasn't put together a good offer. He has mm -hmm. no funnel, right? He's not consistent with his, uh, with his content creation or anything like that, mm -hmm. right? He's just, he's just like blaming the universe yeah. for why he's doing so much more poorly than these other people. And that's like, it's so frustrating to hear from my side because it's like, mm -hmm. bro, take a step back. You're not doing everything perfectly. How about you put in some work and then you might see some results. Yeah, love that. There's an, there's an old saying in the fitness space, which is like, you can either have excuses or you can have results, but you can't have both. Pick one or the other, you know? And um, <laughs> the way, um, it's, it's funny, like when I, it's similar when I speak to personal trainers, right? And I'm like, all right, right. You know, what's, um, run me through your business. What's going on? They're like, oh, it's not going as well as I can, but it's not my fault. You know, it's kind of like a new gym opened up down the road and, you know, they're 24 hours and like now it's bad weather and no one wants to train outside. And, you know, now the, um, the new government's in and they've brought in some restrictions and, you know, they're essentially blaming everybody else but themselves. And that's a little thing that I, I can pick up when I speak to these trainers. I'm like, 
if someone comes to me like that, they're like, the reason why my business isn't growing is because of, and comes up with all these external factors. I'm pretty confident they're never going to be, even if they do my course, they're never going to be successful until they change that mindset. On the flip side, if someone comes into it, they're like, yeah, my business isn't growing as much as I wanted it to. Um, it's because I'm just, I don't know sales enough. I got to go and learn sales or, you know, I'm not marketing enough. I got to go and learn marketing or, you know, my offer's not strong enough. If they take responsibility for it, then it's an easy fix. It's like, yeah, easy. Just go and watch this model and, and problem solve. So I love that. But I want to get back to the the hiring jocks. So are you allowed to speak figures, roughly how much you're, you're paying, let's say the fulfillment student success officer you know to... let's I, man i'm stay usually okay. incredibly transparent but let's yeah. let's stay okay. away from, okay. from something like that yeah it's okay because uh i think i can ask the question anyway in a different kind of way was it hard because i'm guessing it's a it would have been a decent chunk of um you know kind of your profit was it hard to make that decision to be like oh i've been running this much without this person here now i'm gonna have to give this person x amount was that hard was it easy what can you tell us about that decision? Yeah, great question. In this particular case, because we had ratcheted ratcheted up slowly, you know, she started as, a, as an intern and then she's yeah. doing some part-time while she's in school. Um, it, we slowly ratcheted it up. I knew I had an A player. Yeah. And that's the key when, when, you when you're hiring and you have a team is A players are amazing and they yeah. free up your time and, and, they, and they help serve your business so much better. But there's not much worse than than like hiring and having someone on your team that's that's not an A player, mm -hmm. and it uh, it's the opposite of that. And so um, when it is an A player, it's easy to justify the cost. I mean, I guess <laughs> there's certainly limits there, but right. I would much rather figure out ways I can spend less on software yeah. or um, or other things within the business and pay A players. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Do you have? like ratios or budgets or anything, Jax? Is it kind of like, all right, I'm making X amount of revenue here. I'm going to keep X amount for myself. I'm going to put X amount into marketing, X amount into general expenses, anything like that. Not not specifically like what you're talking about. What we do is we run profit first. Yep. Right. You're familiar with awesome. the profit first system? Yep. So we, maybe, we do maybe the, just we give do a bit of standard. an overview. Maybe just give a bit of an overview in case the listeners haven't haven't heard sure. of it. Sure. It's a wildly popular book by Mike Michalowicz came out years ago. And before I read that, like, I just, I didn't know what to do with the mm -hmm. the money and, and budgeting for business and all that, man. I just ran everything out of one bank account. Yep. <laughs> and when, when there was thousands of dollars in there, I was like, man, let's spend some money. Yeah. <laughs> when, and when there's, when there's almost nothing in there, I'm like, man, the, like what is happening? Like business mm -hmm. sucks right now. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta figure something out. And that's a horrible way to run a business is by just looking at one bank account. So the idea about behind profit first is that you have multiple bank accounts and one of which is is revenue. And so all dollars in go into one bank account and then you just have a predefined percentage uh, that you then distribute the revenue into these other bank accounts um, like a couple of times a month, right? So taxes, right? That's a great one to set money yeah. aside for um, all your, your expenses, your operating expenses um, and you know salary for yourself. And so on. So really, I mean, the, the, the book describes like some key uh, default accounts to set up, but then you can take that and, and decide, you know, what, what kind of accounts make the most sense for your business and what percentage, percentage allocation do you want to put for those? Um, and then like, you just, if, if you don't have that money, you can't, you can't spend it. So like, mm -hmm. I know, I know how much um, money we need to spend on our people and, and our software. And then I know how much I want to make and so on. Uh, and then the other key account I didn't mention is profit, right? It's called profit first. And so it's nice to watch that profit account grow as well. So uh, that's that's the system that we run is profit first. Love it. I run something similar. I'll share, I'll share the way I do it, Jack. So I use that as like a base. I was like, oh man, I like this idea. I was the same as you. I was kind of like, oh, a lot of money in here. Yeah, I probably should some, withdraw some, you know? And I had no kind of system in that. I use, um, I've got the revenue bank account. All the money goes into there. I then divvy it up three ways. I use a 40, 45, 15. So 45 of that is essentially income. I say, right, whatever revenue I make, I'm keeping 45% for myself. 40% expenses. 
right? Goes into the expense one over there and then 15% taxes. And this is off revenue. If some people are thinking you only pay 50% tax, this is off, off revenue, right? Not it's off, off revenue. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the reason why I love that system is if you have a bad month, you don't quite feel it as much. You just take mm-hmm. a little bit less of everywhere. You know, like previously, if I had a bad month, I was like, oh man, what am I going to do? I don't have any money to spend. I've got to do these expenses. You know, the advantage of the profit first is like, even say it goes from half, say you go from a hundred, as you know, you mentioned your situation there, you go from a hundred thousand a month to 50,000 a month. Sounds huge, right? And okay, maybe it's a, it's a decent drop. But if you look at that, it's just like, okay, cool. All right. I make a little bit less, but I make, I spend a little bit less on taxes and then I'm a bit tighter with my expenses. You just don't quite feel it as much. So I, I love that there. Um, what about, so I guess a couple questions from there. It sounds like that was like a slowly building role. It's like you brought her in as an inter- or babysitter to internship. Okay, a few more hours, few more hours, few more hours. In terms of any of the other roles, maybe the operations manager. Oh, actually, no, let's, go, let's spend a minute still on the student success. Once you brought your student success manager in full time, were you pretty much done with the fulfillment and admin side of things? Apart from obviously the, the little bit that you do, were you pretty much off that and you were 100% on the sales and marketing? Well, it wasn't straight away, right? Because there's 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 training, there's transition uh, involved. So she's been in that role full-time for a little over a year now. And so at this point, I'm almost completely out of fulfillment. So I'm not really involved in the community. Um, there's, there's, there's no emails to reply to anything like that. I do the, I do the Q and a once a month just to like, to like show face, like, this is the guy that you've been watching in the, in the videos. Hi, here, here I am. And to keep a pulse on, on it as well, you know, just to, uh, to do kind of those, those two main things. So I I see, I see still doing that on a monthly basis for a while. I say that like for, for a long time, it was me doing it every week. And then I slowly went to every two weeks and now I'm at a month. So, I mean, it could change, but that's the, that's the main thing I'm doing on the fulfillment side, other than also just like trying to keep on top of, are the programs we have inside the best? Like, do we need to make any updates? Do we need to make any additions and things like that? Um, Just key high level decisions as the CEO. Um, And then, as far as the other pieces go, uh, I, I, I'm mostly the one on camera. Now, the student success manager, we've she's she's been on some YouTube videos, which is cool, and those were well-received. So it's good to not be the only one that has to be on camera. But we've got a pretty good system for um, developing like scripts for YouTube videos and the whole process there. So I, my involvement is pretty minimal other than being on camera. Yep. And then beyond that, we have a weekly team meeting and that's that's kind of the extent of what I do now for piano in twenty one days. The sales and marketing side of things, who's who's yeah. So, of- well, sales is, is sales is taken care of by a by an evergreen funnel, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. that's automated. Yep. Um, nothing to do with sales. And then our our main marketing channel for piano in twenty one days is YouTube, and and that's what I was just talking about. Gotcha. So you'll do you'll still do the content at the moment for the YouTube or most of it anyway. Well, I don't, I don't even develop like the ideas anymore. I just show oh, up and, wow. and turn on the camera. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the operations manager will develop the ID. Is well, that whose the, job the that team, is? The team, the, the, the team kind of puts ideas together and then our, our student success manager actually steps out of student success for a minute because she's the one that knows piano the best. She's a, she's a better pianist than I am by far. Yep. And so she'll, she'll kind of do the technical details of, of what goes in the video from, from a piano perspective. Um, and then as a team, we'll kind of refine it and then I'll just put the finishing touch and, and turn on the camera and record it. Gotcha. Okay. So in terms of time wise, how many hours a week would you say you're spending on piano in 21 days? Maybe answer this in two different ways. Maybe answer it as in like, look, this is what I'm spending because I'm thinking of ideas and I'm writing notes and I'm yeah. pitching this. And then how much I could, if I didn't do any of that, it was just kind of like, eh, I can, whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, for example, the month in June, me and my family packed up and went to France for the whole month, just because mm. just we like it over there. And I, I worked a grand total of, well, I, I was going to say zero, but I worked for five minutes yeah. on piano in 21 days for the entire month because uh, there was one, there was one very small issue with a YouTube thumbnail that they needed me for that I came in for five minutes on. 
Um, so that month I didn't do a Q and a, I took off the, the weekly team meetings. They ran them, they did them without me. So it's, I mean, it's like the, you speaking of Mike McCallowitz who wrote profit first. He also wrote a book called clockwork. And one of the things he recommends in, in clockwork, it's all about, you know, streamlining your time and all that. He says, I forget if it's either four weeks or eight weeks, but he says, if you can't step away from your business for that long, then like, what are you, what are you even doing? Like, what's yeah. the point of even having a business? Yeah. And so I was able to step away like that. Um, but in general, we're talking like two to four hours a week, probably for that. That's awesome. So, all right. A couple follow-up questions with that. Um, oh, actually, probably just one. What's kind of the, the plan from here? Is it like, right, that's kind of running itself. I'm just going to keep an eye on it and, and make sure it stays there. Is it like, all right, um, now that I'm out of it, I want to focus on the business side of things and come up with strategies and whatnot to grow and take to the next level. Or is it like, great, that's running itself and I'm going to focus more over here. What's, what's sort of the plan from here? Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Well, we've like I've said, we've got a great team that's helping helping out over there. I know it's a great product. We've helped a lot of people. Um, and so certainly we want to, we wanted to continue to be successful and help people, but at the same time, like what I really like doing and, and you, you, I'm, I know you like doing this too, is, is helping people with courses and just talking about like the business side of course businesses. Cause I feel like so many people have these ideas for courses and they're so good at, at horseback riding or, or basket weaving, but they're just not good at the funnels and the marketing and the, and the, you know, even how to, how do I even ask somebody for a testimonial, things like that. So I love helping people with that. And that's why I've set things up the way that I can to work a little bit in piano in 21 days and spend the you know rest of my time on my podcast and working, um, working with people in a small group setting. Um, all that to say is having piano in 21 days is such a necessary element yeah. for my credibility in in helping people with courses. Mm -hmm. And so I almost look at it as like my little sandbox over here yep. that I can play with and tinker with. You know, um, late last year, I ran an experiment in Piano in 21 Days where I wanted to see it, what, what would work better as far as urgency goes, urgency and scarcity. Would it work better if I'm if I, within my evergreen funnel, I made the whole offer go away meaning the the urgency was the availability of the course itself versus a discount going away. Mm. All right. So when you talk about an evergreen funnel uh, or a funnel in general, usually there's a deadline of some sort involved. That deadline doesn't have to be going away. With online courses, it usually is the whole thing goes away, a discount goes away, or some kind of bonus goes away or some combination of that. And so we ran an experiment. We did a split test between um, availability or discount going away because I was genuinely, genuinely curious at what would work better. My audience was curious about it too. And so I was able to share the results. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this before. Do you, do you want to take a guess at, at which one won? I I do want to take a guess. Yes. I think I remember hearing you about that on one of your podcasts. So it was either the whole course went away or the discount went away. That were the two options, yeah. right? Yeah. And just to be clear, like if the discount goes away, that means you can buy the course anytime you want. Yep. It's just that within the funnel, you can buy it for a discount and that's what's going away yep. versus do you go to the website and it's not available and you can only buy it within the funnel? Gotcha. I'm going to say it worked better if the whole course went away. You would be wrong. At least yeah. in my one simple experiment, you would be wrong. There the go. discount going away worked 1.5 times better. There we go. Okay. That's good. Cause I use discounts for, for my funnel. So I'm happy to hear that. Um, well, I mean, all the gurus have always said like, don't discount your products. You don't want to show that, that you're offering a discount. And so I always listen to that advice 
And for years, my my urgency scarcity was the whole availability going away. Mm. And then and then one day I was like, you know what? I freaking love a good discount, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll, if something's on discount, like uh, on sale, then then my ears are perked up. And so let me let me just try it, right? Let me not, not let me not blind. Let me let me set up a good split test and really see which one is going to work better, which mm. one's going to sell better. And uh, it turns out my people loved a good discount too. Mm, yeah, yeah. I've I've never tried the going away. The only time I've tried the going away, I've only tried the going away on like a coaching thing, right? Hey, it's a mm-hmm. 12 week coaching thing. It starts next week, yada, yada, yada. Never done it on, on a course. Cause to me, like it didn't make sense logically to me. It's just kind of right. like, it's an online course. Why would I not sell right. it? You know, like it's sitting there doing, doing nothing. There's and an, an think, infinite number of copies. What do you mean a digital product is going away? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it just like, didn't make sense to me. And with the discount thing, um, and this is interesting in the fitness space as well. So like, and it's, and, um, what I'm trying to say here, I guess, is I think there's a big difference between like a service or a product uh, and a digital product. Cause it's kind of like, you never, in my opinion, I never want to discount a service. It's like if right. I charge, you know, X amount per hour or X amount for the coaching thing, I never want to discount that because then I'm making less per hour. But when it's like an online course side of things, I couldn't care less what the individual <laughs> tag on that, that course is. It's kind of like, and I have this because now that I help other, even in fitness education online, we collaborate with other experts in the fitness space and help them create their course under my brand, fitness education online, right? So a lot of the time we we kind of we're talking about pricing, and I'm like, hey, you know, John, we should try a, a discount on this course. He's like, oh, I don't really want to discount it to that. And I'll just use some rough numbers. Let's just say, you know, his course is a thousand dollars, and I'm like, you know, hey, John, you know, I think we should do a discount and sell it for five hundred bucks. He's like, oh, I don't really want to want to discount it that low. And I'm like, all right, we can do it at a thousand, but we'll probably get one sale. Or if we do it at 500, we're going to make 10 sales. It's the same amount of work for you either way. Zero. Would you like a thousand dollars or would you like five thousand dollars? <laughs> what would you prefer? Right. If you'd prefer five thousand, we sell it for five hundred. So I think that's the um the difference. It's obviously easier if you've got a bit of an audience because you can sell it in bulk and that that sort of thing there. Um, but I think you know, long term, yeah, that that's my take there. Um all right, we're coming to the end here, Jack. So I've just got a couple of questions I always like to finish with. These next three or four, we'll just do rapid fire. You've answered most of them anyway. Um, and then we'll just do a bit of a close. So one question I always ask is, what's your biggest marketing funnel? You've answered YouTube before. Is that correct? Or is there anything you want to add on there? Is there that you use as well? So marketing funnel or sales funnel? Uh, marketing. How do people find out about you originally? Yeah. For piano in 21 days, it is YouTube without a doubt. You know, my second brand is, is nearly a hundred percent podcast for, uh, for the online course guy brand, which is, you know, the, the podcast, like you said, is the online course show. Um, but for piano in 21 days, it is YouTube. Awesome. Can I be sneaky and ask a question for my own selfish reasons? Uh, the question you, you can answer it or, or yes or no is essentially how many downloads per episode for online course guy podcast. Can you answer that one? Sure. That's uh roughly 2000 downloads. Yeah. Wow. The podcast. Okay. So on, only about 10 times as much as this one. So not, not a huge, uh, do, yeah, I'm about to, well, look, it gets, look, it gets so much higher, right? I mean, to, like it's, uh, the, the top podcasts are not even like the top business podcasts get hundreds of thousands of downloads. Right. Mm. But, um, even even a few hundred downloads an episode, you can build a wildly successful business based on a podcast like that. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is podcasting is one of the highest converting yeah. um, marketing channels you could have because it's like people get to know you so well. Do you ever get people that are like, that you talk to and they're like, oh my gosh, can't believe I'm actually talking to you. I know so much about yeah. you because they've listened to so many episodes of your podcast. Yeah, man, the funniest is when they bring up old ones because I batch a lot yeah. as well. And they're like, yeah, I was yeah. listening to your podcast the other week when you said this, this, and this. And I'm like, I said that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, awesome. So we got that there. Uh, okay. In terms of the sales funnel, is it what kind of sales mechanism do you use? Is it webinar, sales page, phone call? Oh, webinar. Webinar uh, for sure. And I've been experimenting with, so I use what I call an uh, SOD webinar, simple on demand, video on a page. Okay. Uh, really simple, but I've been ex- experimenting with a newer platform. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, that I'm really intrigued by because I'm I'm not a fan of anything that's pretending it's live when it's mm-hmm. not live, right? Mm-hmm. 
That was that was the trend in like 2017, 2018. That was huge. Yeah. And then we started seeing this transition to to SOD, simple on demand. I've got there's a new platform I'm fascinated by. It's called eWebinar. Have you heard of it? I haven't. No. It's, it's very similar to some of these shadier ones, like your Ever Webinar types, you know, Stealth Seminar, things like that. But eWebinar, we don't pretend it's live. Mm. It's got a lot of really cool interactive features. There's all kinds of polls and and you can you can ask people questions uh, all the while, you know, they, they understand it's not necessarily live, but what they do as well is they make it really easy to log in on the back end and and uh, participate in a live chat if you want mm -hmm. to. Yep. And so you can make it clear like, hey, look, this presentation isn't live, but, you know, me or somebody from my team might be monitoring to the live chat. You know, if you want to if you have a question, or you want to say anything. Um, give us a shout. And if, if we're not, you know, if, if uh, the, the platform makes it really easy to where if, no, if somebody isn't there, uh, it'll just go to your email. And so we've been experimenting with that. And that I think has a huge future. Mm, interesting. You say that that's another one to me that never made sense. The, the pretending live thing, like, cause I was in the online course space then I was speaking to a, a couple of people. They're like, yeah, do this. It looks like you're live. Mm. And I'm like, why would I want to do that? You know, like this, and I, cause I, cause I'd been on webinars and they're like, oh, you know, say your name down below. And I'd say my name and then they'd say, oh, Jax is here. And I'm like, why are these people saying me? And then I'd say my name and I'm like, this isn't live. Why would they right. pretend this live? You know, it just didn't make sense. Um, the fake anyway. chat, the fake chat role is the worst. Yeah. 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 I was like, are these people actually seeing this? So, uh, okay. And then final question, this will be an interesting one. Cause I know you've changed recently. I think you used the question is essentially what platform? You know, I think okay. you use two different ones, right? Yeah, I do. I have two I have two businesses and I use yep. two different ones. That's right. Yep. What are they? Are you still in New Zealand? Um, yes, I am for, for course credit. Uh no, uh, I've actually use a combination on course credit community. I use a combination of New Zealand and Thrivecart, actually. Okay. Um, and fitness education online. I use your favorite one, Teachable. I know that's that's your favorite, isn't it, Teachable? Oh, you're being sarcastic, right? That is the one I oh I do it's not fun. understand. One day you'll have to explain to me why I use Teachable. It is the worst. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you why. Tell me yours and then I'll tell you tell you my situation. All right. So for Piano in 21 Days, we're on WordPress, which means we're on a lot of different things that are all pieced together, plugins, themes, all kinds of stuff. And it's turned into this really amazing custom thing that my students love. Um but it's bulky and things do break down and it's expensive. Um, and so we might not be on it long-term. We've been on it for a year and a half, two years now, something like that. Before that, we were on ClickFunnels. Um, and when I made the change, I highlighted that that process of picking a new platform on my podcast a couple of years ago. And I expected, you know, people were very interested to hear what platform I was switching to. And when I changed, when I switched everything to WordPress, like almost no, no, like I've got a very lo loyal following. Like it's, yeah. it's not a massive podcast, but like it's a pretty loyal following and they, they love to, to hear what I'm using and recommending. Almost nobody followed me over there to, mm. to the WordPress solution. Like maybe one person, maybe. Uh, and so it took me a little while to realize that it's because it wasn't a great solution for for most people, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm, I've got, I used to be an engineer. Like I'm a, I've got a technical background. I've got a team. Um, I've got, you know, so, some financial resources to support some of it. Yeah. And so while it's been a pretty good solution for my students and whatnot, for your average course creator, it wasn't a good solution. Yeah. And so I kind of went back to the drawing board. I was like, you know what? I think Kajabi is the best, like overall bang for your buck, like for your average course creator yeah. who isn't super technical, who, you know, doesn't want to spend a ton of money. I was like, I think Kajabi is the way to go because it does so much so well in one platform. Mm. And so what I did was I built my second brand on Kajabi about six months ago. So right now I've got onlinecourseguy.com website, podcast, uh, you know, courses, memberships, uh, funnels, everything is in Kajabi. Um, and then Piano in 21 Days is on WordPress might move piano with 21 days to Kajabi. That's how much I've liked it so far. Mm, okay. I'll give you my, love that. I'll give you my take on, on both of my ones here. So I originally, first ever course was an ebook for me, right? Oh, we're going back to fitness yep. education line. Yep. I remember, I remember the, uh, the Story, document. Right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Right. It was the ebook. 
Um, and then I hired a business coach and they got me on click funnels and active campaign for, and Sam card. So I had all this software, right? I had, cause I didn't know any different, you know? So click funnels, Sam card, active campaign was still selling my ebook. Right. And then, you know, a couple months in, I learned a bit more about click funnels and I'm like, hold on, I can hold a course on click funnels as well. Why am I selling this ebook? Let me, oh, it was an ebook with like embedded YouTube or like inserted yeah. YouTube videos. I'm like, let me just put those videos on ClickFunnels and, you know, way better. Um, did that. The down point at the time, and I think you agree with this as well, ClickFunnels was, is amazing at funnels, but wasn't amazing for the course experience, especially for me who has multiple courses. The biggest down point I found was every new course had to be a new login. So people mm -hmm. would buy my bootcamp level one and level two. Oh, great. Here's my login created on bootcamp level one. Then they're trying to log in for bootcamp level two. They couldn't find it because it's a new link, yada, yada, yada. Need to send another email. It was just really complicated. And then um, I was like, hold on, maybe I can get someone to build it on my website. So I got someone online, I think Fiverr or whatever. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we can build this on your website. No dramas. Can't remember what plugin this was. This is 2014, 2015, but you know, they built it on, on WordPress. And that was good because people would just go to the website and, and log in. The limitation I found with that is a couple of times my website crashed, probably because I you know, paid someone five bucks on Fiverr to you know, create my, <laughs> my business on there. Um, but either way, that, that got me thinking where I was like, hold on. The down point with the website crashing was twofold. It's like now people can't log in and do their course. So I'm getting emails and complaints and that sort of thing. But also I can't make new sales because people can't go on there and buy my course as well. So I was like, at least if I go onto a different platform, um, you know, people, and, and one of them goes down, you know, Teachable was down last week or whatever. Great. People can still buy courses. Or if, you know, my website goes down. Okay, great. At least people can, can log in. I felt there was a bit more leverage there. The reason I picked Teachable, it was early days. This was, I don't know, 2015 or something. I just didn't look into, didn't care to look into it enough. And it wasn't, the online course space wasn't as big as it is now. There aren't as many options. They weren't as out there. So I just went with Teachable. The reason I'm still on there is there's just like, I've just got too many courses. I've got courses, free courses, mini courses, like to change would be a nightmare. And then on top of that, like I use, so now I use even a different software, but let's just call it, let's just say I use ClickFunnels for my, my um, landing page. I use ActiveCampaign for the email and I use Teachable for, for hosting the courses and I use Samcart to, to buy the courses, right? So don't recommend that for anyone. That's probably what not to do, but it's just, it's, and I've got some of them, they've got subscriptions on there. So it's not even worth me canceling because I've got people paying. So that's just in there because it's kind of um, easy and, and to do like that. When I started the course creator community, I knew that wasn't the best option. So I was like, all right, let me check out the different things. I started on Teachable and I was like, nah, this just, it doesn't like, it was too limiting. The down point I found with Teachable and I find with Teachable is it's very limiting on like um, the funnel side of things. You know, the registration page, a sales page, like that was a nightmare. I tried to do it on Teachable. I'm like, nah, I can't really do this. Let me find something else. Uh, and there were a lot of murmurs about New Zenla. And I was like, okay, you know, let me try this New Zenla thing because it was even um, more affordable back then. Now I think it's about 67 a month. I got on at about 47 a month. And I tried it and I'm like, you know what? I don't think, and I tried Kajabi as well. And I'll tell you, Kajabi is way better than, than New Zenla. No, no comparison, right? Uh, however, I was like, all right, but at these price points, this price, this is $47 a month for everything. This is 90, at the time, I don't know what it is. I think they've got a new three month deal and there's things changing. But at that time anyway, I think the minimum was 97 but you, it was three courses, three funnels or whatever. Once again, someone like me who's got courses, mini courses, I was like, if someone's got, and I'll actually ask your opinion on this, Jacques. If someone has multiple courses, say like 10 courses, right? Uh, and not all paid courses. Say they've got, I'm not even 10, say, say a little bit more than the minimum that Kajabi allows. So say four or five courses, say half a free, half a paid. We've got a level one, a level two, another course, and I don't know, three free mini courses. I think that price is around 300 bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks. Do you know? For, on Kajabi? Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, the basic plan is one, 150 a month. That's the minimum you can pay is 150 a month of Kajabi and you only oh. get three products. Yeah. And then so you'd the, have to go to $200 a month to get 15 products. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, if you've got more than three, 200, I don't think many course creators will um, 
we'll do that. That was, that was my thinking there. I'm like, whereas I think at 47, most people will. So I'm going to build my thing on there, even though I, because course creator is kind of like a side thing for me. So I was like, I'm going to build my thing on there. So I know the experience, because I don't want to recommend something that I've never used. I don't want to say, yeah, you could go Kajabi. It's great. But if you don't have the cash, go on use Zenla that I've never used, you know? So that's why I started um, using new Zenla there. And this is even what I'd recommend. This is, this is my recommendation for brand new course creators. So I would still say, look, start with new Zenla. If you're tight on cash, $47 a, um, a month there. I would then even recommend before too long, I would recommend going to active campaign for email. So New Zealand has got a good basic email, but I'd recommend going to active campaign. My reasoning for that, I don't know what it's like at Kajabi, but at New Zenla, you can't kind of like really filter the list out, right? You can't really say, oh, if someone hasn't opened for three, like in active campaign, I got like, all right, if someone doesn't open in three months or in one month, they get this tag and they'll get these emails. You know, if someone doesn't open in two months, they get this tag and this email and then you know, they automatically get removed from there. I don't think you can do that on New Zenla or it's pretty tricky. So that's where I'd bring in um, active campaign. And then I also recommend after that thrive cart, because the down point with new Zenla is the checkout cart, right? So let's say um, most people that I sell to on the course creator community have, have got some free course with me already, right? So they've already got an account with new Zenla that they've probably forgotten about or used six months ago or a year ago, right? If they want to buy one of my courses, they need to log in on new Zenla and other platforms as well. Think if it's the same, I know the user needs to log in first and then buy. That's a friction point that I don't want. You know, someone goes in there, oh, I forgot my password, I'll do it later, ne never goes there. So that's yeah. that's why I think, yeah, that there. And then at that point there, say with me now, course creator community, I'm only really using Uzenla for the actual like funnel component of it. And then, yeah, I'll simplify. I'm mainly just using it for the, the funnel component there. But that's, that's when I found the limitations. The email was... Uh, it's perfect to start for someone, but if you want to do serious email marketing, it's not going to cut it. Um, and also the checkout cart isn't amazing. I think sooner or later as a course creator, you're going to want to use something that someone can buy with, without logging in. Um, I'd love to get your take on that. And then I know we're a bit short on time. So <laughs> I'd love just to get your, your, your take on that and then we'll finish up. Well, this is, this is, this is, uh, just like, we're, we're totally just geeking out on, on course yeah. creator stuff. There's not much I enjoy more than this, yeah, Jono, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I mean, you, the, you, you made some really good points. I think that one of the downsides to Kajabi is, is the accessibility to those just starting out. Cause it's minimum plan is $150 a month. Yeah. And if you're not making any money, like that's, that's a good amount to pay. And so you, you think your your teachables and your think ifics have lower tiers you can start at and work your way up. Um, so I agree that's that's kind of a downfall. Uh, so I do like the all-in-one component because most people are not super tech whizzes. Yeah. And yeah. so if somebody doesn't want to bite the 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 bullet on Kajabi, then I will say, hey, well, look, check out New Zendler or, uh, or Podia. Mm. Those are a couple of other all-in-ones that are a little more budget-friendly. But what really drives me crazy is when you get people that are, and this is no offense to you because I know you've been <laughs> around for a long time and sometimes you just don't want to migrate, but yeah. I've got people coming to me and they're like, all right, I'm, I'm on teachable for my courses. Yeah. I've got click funnels for my funnels. Yeah. I'm, I'm paying a hundred dollars a month for website hosting. Yeah. I've got my podcast over here that I'm paying 15 bucks a month. Yeah. You know, I'm using, I'm using convert kit for emails and they're paying like 400 bucks oh. a month for all these packages yeah. when they could be paying $150 a month for Kajabi. Yep. And most of the things would work better and it all be in one place. And yeah. people just don't realize yeah. that's, even an option. And so that's, that's when I'm like, man, Kajabi would be such a better uh, fit for that type of person. Yeah. I agree with that. My, my take on that, I'll be two minutes, then we'll finish up. So let me think of how to explain this on that. So I think, I think there's kind of levels, right? I think like, yeah. I think starting off it's, I've got all in 100%, right? And that's why I kind of like New Zenla because it's like good price and got everything you need to start. You know, that's why I think that's such a good one there. Kajabi's better, hands down better, but you're paying an extra hundred bucks a month or whatever, you know, is it, do you need that extra, extra hundred bucks more at this stage here? Um, the limitation to that, in my opinion, is it only get you so far with those two things that I found, you know, the email and the, on the course creator side of things that fitness education is just a mess. It's just too hard to change. I'm not changing it now, like whatever, you know, but I'm saying uh, if, if I was to start new again, brand new. I would, if I had money, I would go Kajabi 
if I had some, if money was no dramas to me, you know, yeah, I'd go Kajabi. If I didn't, I'd go Zenla, but I'd know that it would only take me to a certain point, you know, then I would still want to look at, um, you know, maybe a Thrive card or, or an active campaign, but I'm with you on the, on the side of like, if someone's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to go the teachable free plan because it's free, you know, and then I'm going to go, you know, the MailChimp free plan because it's free. And then I'm going to go Zapier free plan there. And it just, it's, I think that's what I did when I started, actually. I just wanted all these free ones or cheap ones, but before long, now I want more courses or I got to, now I want subscriptions. So I got to pay more there. And now I've got a bigger email list. So I got to pay there. And now I've got more zaps. So I got to pay there. Like junks. I was paying, I think about a thousand. I cleaned it up a bit because <laughs> I was paying, what was ClickFunnels? That's got to be 300 a month. Yeah, they have the their popular plan is two ninety seven a month or something like that. a month. Active campaign, yeah. active campaign. I was you know about the same. You know, two three hundred bucks a month. Um, Samcart, you know, a hundred bucks a month. Zapier, a couple hundred bucks a month there. Um, what am I missing? Da, da, da. Either way, a Teachable, you know, another hundred bucks there. Like at one stage, I was paying about a thousand. Yeah, yeah. But hey, That's um, I know we're, we're a bit bit short on on time. Um, Jux, anything you want to finish us off with? Well, in closing, I would say, you know, this was a really fun discussion about software, but the the platform somebody picks, while while we're both very passionate about this, the importance of it pales in comparison to like nailing your ideal customer and and what their dream outcome is and what funnel and uh, and, and the um the details of your funnel you're using and your marketing channels and the consistency behind that and how good your course is and and all of these other things are so much more important than what software you use. Yeah. And so I just wanted to be clear <laughs> on that before we wrapped up. Yeah, and I'm yeah, sure yeah. you'll agree with me on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like, I, I hope the, the message there wasn't someone listening being like, oh, I'm on Uzenla. That's why I'm not making sales. Let me switch right. over to Kajabi and I'll magically make sales. Like they're just, you know, re refinements on there. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. All right, Jax, I'll leave you to it. Thanks, Jono. Always a pleasure. Hey, course creators, real quick before we get into today's episode, I've got a little favor to ask. As a lot of you are probably aware, one of my goals for this year is to get the, is to massively grow this podcast and get it to be one of the top ranking podcasts in the, the marketing space. Uh, to do that, what really helps is if I can generate as many uh, ratings as, as reviews as possible from listeners. So if you're a returning listener, if you could take a couple seconds and just give me a, a quick rating and review on Apple or Spotify or whatever platform you listen to, that would mean the world, that would mean the world to me. Anyway, let's get to today's show. <laughs> 